Welcome to Mindfully Sovereign, the podcast that invites you to reclaim your feminine self-authority and unleash the abundance within. My name is Safa, I am your host, and I'm here to help guide you past your limiting beliefs and into the heart of your unwavering and undeniable power. This podcast is all about reclaiming your feminine self-authority, learning the art of self-seduction, and awakening your inner goddess so that you can become an aligned match to your most abundant life yet. So grab a cup of tea, get cozy, and get ready to become Mindfully Sovereign. Welcome to Mindfully Sovereign, the podcast that invites you to reclaim your feminine self-authority and unleash the abundance within. My name is Safa, I am your host, and I'm here to help guide you past your limiting beliefs and into the heart of your unwavering and undeniable power. This podcast is all about reclaiming your feminine self-authority, learning the art of self-seduction, and awakening your inner goddess so that you can become an aligned match to your most abundant life yet. So grab a cup of tea, get cozy and get ready to become mindfully sovereign hello hello and welcome back to the mindfully sovereign podcast i am so excited to jump right into our conversation all about taking up space but first, let me thank you for joining me for the live Q&A. There were so many wonderful topics surrounding or questions surrounding the topic of mindful sovereignty, some of which included the very interesting dynamics we run across internally in terms of thinking about being sovereign of our lives when we've been in a space that very specifically tells us that we are not the ultimate voice or the ultimate authority in our lives. In this particular case, I am speaking about religious wounds that come from being told that everything about you, your essence, your identity, the way that your world unfolds, and even the role that you get to play in terms of being in charge of your life is really out of your hands and belongs to someone outside of you. Obviously, this is a very vast subject and, again, very nuanced. And it's something that I have had personal experience with in my own life, as well as something that my clients and I get to talk to pretty consistently, as many of us were raised in a very similar fashion. So having this topic brought up, it just makes a lot of sense and I understand the level of discomfort. And while I'm not going to sink into it too deeply yet, because that particular conversation I want to explore a little bit more deeply and at length in a separate podcast, I do want to take some time at the beginning of this episode to address what came up during the Q&A. Namely, just to let you know that it is completely understandable and that there is a vast capacity of tenderness and understanding that you get to hold for yourself in this arena. Feeling unease about it or even immediately going back to all of the things that you were taught, whether it is the fear or the sense of letting a higher power down or becoming evil in some way, shape, or form within your own realm, in your mind, and your soul, it makes a lot of sense. 
just from the way things get handled, the way that they're spoken about, and everything that goes on within our systems at a deeper level on a psychological level, even on a somatic level. So if the conversation from last episode made you at all uncomfortable, or if you felt uneasy, or if you suddenly realized that you had an issue that stemmed from this sense of, I can't call myself sovereign of my own life. There's already someone much bigger, greater, and more amazing than myself, outside of myself, that has that role. I just want you to know that you are not alone and that you still get to explore the possibility of better and more and more depth for yourself and within yourself in your own realm, in your own life. And this doesn't mean turn your back on everything that you were ever taught or everything that you believe, especially if it is connected to a belief system. It just means that you have the opportunity to explore your own relationship to your world at a different level. So this isn't about disempowering something. In this case, this is definitely not about disempowering the higher power you believe in. This is about learning your own place in this world and about understanding that you do have the capacity to show up with strength, with emotional intelligence, with devotion, and that you get to choose. You are the creator of your actions. You are the one who gets to show up every single day and determine what aspects of yourself you get to embody. This includes your belief systems, your core values. This includes your own space of integrity, and it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing kind of thing, and it's not putting you at risk of losing yourself, your soul, your mind. And I share that with Gusto because I understand exactly where this comes from. And so, like I said on the Q&A, for what it's worth, know that you are not alone. Know that you are valid in that sensation, in that feeling, in that thought process doesn't have to interfere with the things that you hold most near and to your heart. Now again, at some point I'm going to get a little bit deeper into some deconstruction work, but today is not the day for that. I just wanted to express that before the episode officially started because it was a lovely conversation and I was grateful for all the people who showed up who brought this to the table and just to give you a breath of fresh air around any old perspectives or fears or cobwebs that might have just remained there along the way. With that being said, we also talked about the ability to take up space in this world on the last episode, and I promised you we would talk about that today, so here we are. So as you heard me discuss in the last episode, having a semblance of mindful sovereignty in your life really allows you to take up space in this world in such a way that feels liberating. This means fully understanding that you can take radical ownership of your life and you get to show up for yourself in a way that is not subdued or meek or tiny or small or obfuscated in any way. And I think that that's wonderful because the truth is many of us are still hiding from the world. This may be because there are internal wounds that we haven't really healed or integrated. This could also have a lot to do with the information that we receive from the external world about roles 
and the roles that we play as we occupy this life. It could be tied to a very deep lack of self-connection, self-awareness, self-love, self-respect, self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-authority. And it most definitely can be connected to some of the wounds of the Divine Feminine that we have experienced on a global psyche level. And from this space, we see that, yes, there is a great amount of comfort in remaining invisible or sticking to some form of status quo along our path. The energy output isn't as high The internalized fear of displeasing, disappointing, or just rocking the boat in general isn't quite there. And ultimately, as human beings, we truly are consistently seeking some semblance of comfort in our lives. The thing to watch out for there, and where it plays an important role in this dynamic of how we get to take up space in our lives and in our day-to-day is that just because it's comfortable doesn't mean that it is serving you at your highest level. It doesn't mean that it's serving you for the highest good. Comfort very well could be the baseline that we get used to after spending time in toxic environments and the thing that becomes normal in our worlds that we internalize and believe to be exactly what we deserve or what we need or really the only thing that exists. And the thing about that is that your comfort zone isn't always necessarily tied to what is going to be best for your life. The most vivid examples that we find of this tend to be in the realm of athletics where incredible people consistently push past their comfort zones to reach a space of greatness and expansion and development. And this is something that we do see in our daily lives as well. So I'll use myself as an example for a quick moment. Growing up for me, there were times when it wasn't safe for me to express how I felt, what I believed, what I was feeling. In fact, there were times where it didn't feel safe for me to be myself at all. Because of this, and because I didn't have someone to talk to about it, and I ultimately just ended up internalizing everything that I had been going through, I ultimately ended up developing very unique coping mechanisms to make sure that I wasn't, quote unquote, taking up too much space in this world. Whether it was bending over backwards to make sure that no one around me was ever displeased or bothered by me, or whether it was becoming smaller physically so as to be better received by the people in my world and so as to feel less excluded and more worthwhile. What ended up happening was that I established very deep neural pathways without my even being aware of this toward certain behaviors and patterns and people in my world that really did not serve me, but that felt very comfortable because through them and in their presence, I knew that I could remain small. And that was, after all, what felt most comfortable to me. And so conversations were not had for fear of making the other person angry or for letting them down or for having them see me a certain way. 
boundaries were not established because when you are playing that small and believing that you have to be that small and that you cannot take up any or too much space in this world, that feels comfortable to not set up boundaries. And all of those little pieces came together to create this biosphere almost that made up my life in which I lived a certain way, outwardly pleasant and continuously smiling and always being so gentle and so kind and so above and beyond for everybody else while on the inside I was absolutely dying. Because I got into a place where my comfort zone meant that I needed to be as inconsequential as possible and I needed to be as perfect as possible and I needed it to be able to put up with as much disregard and disrespect as possible. And the same can be said for a lot of us on an individual level for the experiences that we endured when we were younger or as we were developing or the things that we are believing in now to hold truth and to be important and to keep us safe at a very ego level base, but also on a global atmosphere where, for example, the wounds inflicted on the broader psychology of the masses, the communities, individual countries worldwide have placed us in a space where we still believe, for example, and this isn't the only one, but I'm just using one tiny thing that I can think of, that a woman's place is in the kitchen and at home raising children. And of course, there are so many of us that are speaking up against this and we are saying it is in fact safe to take up space and it is good not just safe but good and necessary there are ways in which we are learning to better honor our bodies and their curves and their softness and their squishiness and their naturalness And allowing them to exist in this world in a free space without having all of the old narratives and basically chains weighing us down. And there is still quite a fair bit of healing to be done in this realm of taking up space. Especially in the realm of the feminine. And I mean that in a purely energetic sense. I am not genderizing And I have been studying feminine energetics for the last 10, 11 years of my life, as well as working with many people within that space. So there are things that have become very clear to me when it comes to this particular topic in that realm. One of those things is that there is a very deep wounding of the feminine that has to do with this idea of too much. And it truly is a very deep wounding in the realm of the divine feminine. There are several divine feminine wounds that affect all of us in many different ways. And I have a whole program about that. And I'm probably going to do an episode on that soon. But within those wounds, there is this very interesting undercurrent of the second you think that you can get capacious, something somewhere within your mind, within your subconscious, within the world that we live in, something somewhere is going to tell you that you are too 
much. And the most comforting thing to do in that moment is going to be to hide, to become as small, as quantifiable as possible. Because daring to take up too much space, daring to be too much, meaning imperfect and wild and absolutely untamable and fearlessly powerful within your own realm as a true sovereign of your life will be seen and portrayed and felt by you as too damned much. And sometimes you'll find this in the smallest, most innocuous of ways. For example, you are out with your friends and you are talking and laughing and having a fantastic time and you suddenly notice that everyone at the restaurant is staring at you and you immediately feel a sense of shutting down. You feel some semblance of shame or guilt or embarrassment, something very akin to what you probably felt when you were younger and your parents did something to embarrass you or you did something to embarrass yourself and you start feeling that in that moment. You might go, okay, okay, it's time to quiet down. We're being too loud. We're being too disruptive. All the while, what was really going on And of course, I realize that there might be exceptions to this rule, like say if you really are shit-faced and making a ruckus somewhere where it's just not appropriate. I mean, again, nuance. There's so much nuance to the things that we talk about. So yes, I get that that's a thing, but I'm talking about a situation in which you are simply enjoying the company of the women that you are with because let's face it, there is nothing more delectable in this entire world, at least so is my opinion, than being in company with your sisters. And so let's say that you are simply talking and it might be a little louder than the other tables around you, but it isn't as if you're shouting at one another or at the waiter or at the next table. You're laughing and you're having a great time because you're delighting in each other's company. But it's not as if you're throwing bits of food at someone or stabbing someone with a knife or standing on top of the table and telling lewd jokes. And yet our minds really do perceive the slightest of shifts, the slightest of movements, the slightest amount of breath, capacity, spaciousness, capaciousness, which is one of my favorite freaking words in this entire world. You see that. Some part of your brain will see that as dangerous because it isn't comfortable, because it is judged, because it is something we have been told not to be because it is too damned much. It could be a memory from going somewhere with your parents where you were told to sit quietly, cross your legs, put your hands on your lap, and just be there because you weren't meant to be heard but simply seen. Or it could be a moment in time where you went out into your backyard and got yourself completely caked in mud because it was a rainy day and it was fun and there was nothing else to do and the response was completely negative, disapproving, heartbreaking, and judgmental. Being too much, or at least what we feel as being too much, could be finding your assertive voice within your company space, or setting very clear boundaries in your relationships. 
without immediately backpedaling and trying to make everything better because you didn't mean to hurt their feelings, you were just saying, and oh, now I'm just going to dismiss myself, I didn't really mean it, it wasn't really what I meant, I just like I was trying, but then I don't want to hurt your feelings because then does setting boundaries mean that I don't love you unconditionally anymore? And spiraling out of control. Being too much could be that you are that chick who wears crystals in her bra and sages her house every full moon. Or it could be that you are the very best card player in your friend group, and so you get all of the attention. Too much could be that you are simply very in tune with your emotions and very expressive of them or very passionate without falling into a inconsistently toxic space, yet being very open and vulnerable and that people see that and tell you that you are being too emotional too dramatic, too much. The perception of too much could be very tied to your looks and how you dress and how you talk, whether you smile or not, whether you dream big and express desires. As an entrepreneur, I have to say, I've seen a lot of really interesting dynamics between women in this world who are very quick to judge the too muchness, just to call it something more like a verb, of the other women around them. Where if someone likes to celebrate a financial occasion, or if someone expresses that they love to buy luxury bags, or if someone spends the day at the spa, or whatever, there are always very quickly many people who are willing to look back and point and say, that's too much. You can't do that. You can't take up that much space. You can take up space because we deserve as women to take up space, but you cannot take up that much space or do it that way. That's wrong. And so we end up feeling like we can't win for losing. We are very much damned if we do and damned if we don't. But one thing that is absolutely certain to us in our minds is that the less space we seem to take in this too much kind of way, the more comfortable we will get to feel because the less judgment will get passed on us, the less shitty attitudes and interactions we'll have to deal with and the more likely we will be to simply keep flying under the radar where it feels more comfortable ultimately there is a fear of being seen especially being seen in a way that we don't want to be seen as whether it's real or not whether it's true or not we just are afraid to be seen a particular way And in fact, very often we are just afraid to be seen at all, period, end of story. And so we would much rather sit there and be quiet and look down and act like good little girls, which is definitely one of the biggest wounds of the divine feminine is that good girl wound. And oh, it's just so pervasive. We would rather do that than fully embody our power, our sovereignty, our essence for fear of being labeled or being pushed aside or finding out that it was true all along all those times those people said we were too much they were right and then we'll start looking for evidence they were right that i was too emotional because i cried last night or they were right that i was too assertive in business because after all of that I didn't even get the promotion. 
or they were right that I was too, quote unquote, masculine, and that's why I don't have a date. There are so many stories that we tell ourselves in order to prove to ourselves that the story of being too much is not only true, but important to us in our lives. In fact, so important that we need to keep playing as teeny tiny as possible in this world so as to not have to deal with that because there's nothing worse to our minds than being labeled too much in one way or another. It doesn't matter if I'm too much, I'm awful. And boy, does that affect our lives. It affects our careers. It affects our relationships. It keeps us from saying the things that we want to so desperately say. And then we walk around every single day feeling like there's a hand at our throats or a slab of tape across our mouths. As a matter of fact, this particular issue is so insidious that women are more likely to die alone. Because rather than take up space and say, I don't feel well, women will get up from the table or walk away from the conversation, whatever it is that is going on, they will remove themselves from that situation, go to the bathroom, and then proceed to die by themselves rather than take up space and verbalize what it is that is going on with them in that moment because this fear of being seen as too much is so fucking pervasive. Think about that. This need to play small, to be seen as good or little or meek or even insignificant, because really that's what it is, has the potential to end your life or put it in danger because we haven't become well-versed enough in taking up space for ourselves in our lives to stand up for ourselves when it is necessary. Say, for example, if you are on a date and the person you are with is just an immediate no for your body, you don't feel safe, they make you feel uncomfortable for whatever reason it might be, even if everything seems good on the surface, but there is something inside of you that is telling you, this is just not it, better put an end to it right away, don't just sit here and put up with it. Most women will not do that. They will sit through the entire uncomfortable ordeal and put themselves at risk rather than looking like too much, being labeled a bitch, being called entitled, being treated like they just stood up for themselves and really overeat up in the situation. And instead they will sit there and not take up space because they're afraid to make the other person feel uncomfortable or to hurt their feelings or to be perceived in a way that isn't flattering. This is something that we're so tied to internally, the idea that we will be perceived in an unflattering light. When the truth is, no matter what we do, people are going to think whatever they damn well please to think about us, and there's nothing that we can do to change that, and that's okay. It's none of our business. But it is our business to take up space. It is our business and our job and our duty to stand up for ourselves in this world to get capacious as fuck, to speak up when it's needed, to ask for help, to reach out. If I had a penny for any time, either myself or my friends or just someone I know 
hasn't done something like reached for the phone and called a friend or called down the bartender and ask them for help or hell, get up and go to the bathroom and disappear when they don't feel comfortable, I could probably buy a ton of YSL boots, bags, everything. I want you to think about how you are showing up in your life in a truly abundant way. Because we wake up every morning and we say our affirmations. We say, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am rich, I am wealthy, all of these things that then we don't proceed to tether in a very embodied manner to our day-to-day living, that we don't move into within our energetic field in a truly authentic and powerful and aligned way. That abundance and that wealth isn't going to feel at ease in your world, in your realm, in your space, and in your energetic field if all you want to do is play small, be good, take up less space, and disappear the second you feel like you have made someone feel uncomfortable because you are being, quote-unquote, too much. We disempower ourselves when we don't choose to proactively and with sovereignty take up space in our lives. We disempower ourselves when we are willing to just sit there and say nothing, to keep quiet, to make sure we don't ever bring that up because it's just going to open up a whole can of worms. Even if I am not happy here, I am not safe, I am not feeling seen or cherished or respected and I am internally miserable it doesn't matter so long as I keep quiet because if I keep quiet then I will not feel like I'm taking up too much space because if I feel like I'm taking up too much space I am terrified and people might leave and they may never come back and I might end up alone and die alone and my worth will be proven to be zero like I internally believe that it already is and everything will be a disaster. But I want you to pause and take a moment to really think about what it would be like to take up space in your life. What would it be like to be able to wake up in the morning and have that conversation with that person in an emotionally intelligent and very self-sovereign way? What would it be like to let even your body on a physical level take up space, to not worry about that cellulite, to not worry about that fat roll. I have to tell you this. So I got married in June of this year, and when I chose my wedding gown a year ahead, not only did I fall completely madly in love with the dress itself, but also I noticed that I was going to have to do very deep inner work every single time I tried that dress on to include on my wedding day and to include when we got our pictures back. And it wasn't because of anything other than the fact that I had recognized the old wounds and the old ghosts of my eating disorder and body dysmorphia showing up in a very palpable way just differently because I was choosing to approach them in a different way. My life is about taking up space, even on a physical 
level. My health has never been better. My doctor literally is so proud for the improvements that my health has taken. I am proud as hell of myself because this is the healthiest I have been. I am strong, I'm healthy, I'm radiant. Okay, the point is I'm allowing myself to take up space in every area of my life and this meant taking up space in that dress. And when I tell you that the first time I tried it on after I had fallen in love with it and cried, I immediately thought I need to go on a diet tomorrow. And the second I thought it, I squashed it down with no, I don't. I will take up as much space as I need to in this dress. Everything became an adventure since. And yeah, there were little fat rolls on my back. There are pictures if you want to see them. And some days... I really love seeing them and feeling that pride within myself to know that this muchness is beautiful. And there are some days where I struggle with it still. And regardless, I am, was, and have been, and will continue to be committed to my ability to take up space in this world, whether it is in setting up boundaries, whether it is in expressing displeasure, whether it is in how my body moves or what it looks like in a clothing item. I choose deliberately to do it because it has transformed my life. Because I owe it to myself, And because honestly, at the end of the day, if my taking up space in this world means that I no longer fit a size zero, then who the hell cares? But it's a lot easier to hear someone outside of yourself say that than to embody it in your own life. So again, I'm going to ask you, what would it be like to truly take up space, get capacious. If you knew that your existence in this world was absolutely beautiful and that you are worthy and good and wonderful and deserving and just all the things, what would change? Would you leave that toxic relationship or work? Would you stop the never-ending cycle of dieting and disguised as healthy eating or wellness? Would you speak up and ask for that raise? Would you start your own business? Would you be the person that laughs the loudest? Would you cry freely, even in public? Would you maybe stop saying that you are dramatic or emotional or any other kind of label that you've been throwing on yourself that relates to this insidious and untrue idea of too much? Would you sing even if maybe you don't have the best singing voice? Would you try something new? What would change in your life if you felt free to actually take up space with your words, with your body, with your mind, with your actions? What would be different? Would you fall in love? What would change? And then can you start making the connection between your ability to love yourself completely and truly without acceptance, but rather with radical embracing and actual love and how you show up in this world? 
would you recognize that the more mindfully sovereign you become, the more radical ownership and radical responsibility you need to harness and master in order to take up more space freely in this world. Because those do go hand in hand. One will weave into the other and into the next. And together they'll make this beautiful tapestry of a life lived unlike anything you could have possibly ever imagined. Even on the darkest days, you will have this to fall back on. And you will relish it. And you will feel unstoppable and untamable and amazing. Can you see the connections? Can you ask the questions? Can you dare to go so deep that there is absolutely no denying your power, your essence, that you can become the woman that you were meant to be? And then when you start to see those connections, those threads, you can deepen your understanding of radical ownership, radical accountability, radical action, and frankly, radical muchness. And so that's where we will pick this topic up next episode. But for now, thank you so much for being here today. I cannot wait to see you on the live Q&A over on my Instagram at Your Soulful Goddess. And of course, I am always here to talk. If you have any questions, if you're looking for mentorship, if you want guidance, you can email me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com or you can visit my website, Your Soulful Goddess. Also, if you do have questions about those wounds of the divine feminine and you want to learn more, you can also reach out to me at my website or through my email. Through my email would probably be better. And I have the course just for that. Otherwise, if you just simply want to keep inviting these conversations, then I am here and I will talk to you again on the next episode. And until then, remember to always wear your crown with pride and live a mindfully sovereign life.